Welcome to the Yearbook Experience Podcast. My name is Monica Loera, and I'm your host and 14-year veteran in the industry. In this podcast, we will discuss all kinds of topics related to yearbook from the perspective of students, yearbook advisors, and more. Enjoy. Well, thank you again to everyone that's here. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to spend with us. And hopefully this is going to be incredibly helpful for other advisors, not just here in California, but all over the United States, because I know that all of us are going through something really unprecedented and crazy this time of uh, this year. And um, we hope that this inspires anybody that's watching or listening. So. Um, Again, my name is Monica Loera. I'm a rep here in Southern California. Um, I'd like to introduce my panel today and I'll start with just going straight across with Lori Garcia, who is a, a, one of our reps in, in Texas. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Lori. Hi guys, um, my name is Lori Garcia and I'm in El Paso, Texas. I've been with Walter for going on nine years this January. So it's been a fun ride hanging out with Monica, getting to know her and of course, um, hanging out with all of our amazing schools and getting to know them over the years through camps. So I'm happy to be here today. Thank you for joining us. Now, you are inviting one of your advisors from El Paso. Why don't you go ahead and introduce her? That's right. So today I have invited Miss June Strait. She is the advisor at Parkland High School, and um, we are working on our sixth book together. So um, I'm super excited to have her here today. She's one of the smartest people I know. So She's going to have lots of insight for us. No pressure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I tell her that all the time. I really do. She'd be like the, the person I would have on the list for the phone a friend. If I was like on a billion dollar show, I would be calling June. She's amazing. So Wow. Good to know. Thank you for joining us, June. We really appreciate you coming in and giving us some insight from another part of, of the country. Um, and then next, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself, David. My name is David Sawhill. I teach at Claremont High School in Claremont, California, in Southern California. I'm a math teacher and I've been teaching 17 years and I've been advising the yearbook for 12 years. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And finally, we have Kelly. Kelly, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly Tilson and I'm from Redlands East Valley High School in Redlands, California. I've been teaching for 16 years, but seven years with the yearbook. And I actually had a previous career in advertising and graphic design. So I brought that into the classroom. And it's been magic ever since. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, one of the reasons that I thought that this would be a really good subject to, to talk about was originally I was thinking three weeks ahead of time, like what we should cover this, this and that. And then I thought, you know, who comes to mind when I think about like shifting your, your mindset during this, this pandemic. And the first person I thought about was David, because, you know, you don't know him, but I've known him for quite a few years. And, you know, David's one of those people that you give him a deadline, he does it, there's, he doesn't freak out about anything. Like, it, it takes a lot for David to like, go freak out. <laughs> and so at the beginning of the year, when, you know, you sounded a little bit distraught, you were in a, the space where like, well, this is not going to happen, we need to reduce pages, we need to do all these different things. I was like, whoa, if David's having a hard time, then what about all our other advisors that are not like David? And so that made us think about like, okay, how, how are we going to handle this year? So, you know, David, now that, that you've had some time, what, what made you have this, this shift in, in your, your mindset? What, what was it that caused you to, to be where you're at? Because now just, just so everybody knows, you're already working on your second deadline. And like most schools, most uh, are not even close to their first. So I, I just, I'd like to know a little bit about how, how did you change, how that shift in, in, in mindset? Yeah. Well, first of all, our second deadline is due Thursday and we're just about done and we're halfway through our third. Wow. So, so I'll start with last year. Uh, at the end of last year, I told Monica, I, I, I asked her, I said, I'm really, really nervous because um, how, how would we do this next year? And actually I, I wasn't even that nervous because I, at that last spring, we did, we thought we were going back in the fall, so it wasn't going to be a big deal. But I asked her, well, how would we do this since we're on an in-design school? And and she uh, briefly chatted about online design, so I knew that in the back of my mind we could do that. So midsummer, when I knew we were not going back, I called her and said, "Tell me more about this online design." <laughs> and I just immediately said, "We're doing that." Because even if uh, we were going to go back, I couldn't risk it. Now, 
my anxiety uh, never stops. And so one thing leads to another. So that helped me get over that first hump. Second one was, how is our ladder going to look? So with my editors in chief, we sat down and we realized there's a few things that just aren't going to be covered, like our homecoming events. So we reduced certain coverage. And then once our sales came out in August, we're like, oh no, we may have to reduce the size of our book just to save a little bit here and there. One more thing, and Monica shared how yearbook snap would work because I was very nervous on how would we get pictures if there's no school. So it's all these things. And the aha moment that I said, this is gonna work was halfway, maybe a little early on in our first deadline when the students first submitted their work this spread looked beautiful. It was an IB spread. It had all these pictures of students working from home in front of their computers, smiling, all different backgrounds. I thought, oh my gosh, not only is this gonna work, but it's gonna look great and it's gonna be memorable. Um, and so that was the aha moment that said, we can do this, but then there's been some challenges along the way, but we are doing it. <laughs> you know, um, David, you bring up a really good point and I have to commend you because not many advisors would be so willing to learn a whole new program and take on a whole other thing entirely when they've never you know, worked with it or they're used to InDesign. So that's awesome. Thank you. And we're still learning, learning it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know everything and I'm learning, I'm learning on, along the way and we may, we may stay with it in the future because the students have more, more time on their spreads. Mm -hmm. And more flexibility. And it's another thing to consider is that a lot of people that maybe some people are in InDesign right now and they're thinking, what about next year? It, it was a conversation that you definitely need to have with your rep. And, and it, it's something that we had. I had it with David. I had it with Kelly because Kelly also comes from an InDesign school. And I said, look, if you want to make your life easier, this is going to be the way. And, and I feel really happy and uh, excited that you trusted us and trusted me to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and jump because they're not little books. David is over 300 and Kelly, you're close to that too. And they're not, it, it, it takes a big commitment to be able to say, okay, we're going to change. And so it's all about relationship too, and having that trust that uh, you're a team and you're going to work together through, to get through this. So why don't you tell me why you thought that uh, June would be a great guest to have in today's show? I learn from her um, every time I meet with her. Every time we have a conversation, June teaches me something new. And I know she's that way with her students. Like I could sit in her classroom all day long and listen to her talk. Um, but I've also seen her in lots of different areas and different schools. You know, she was at another school before and now she's at Parkland. And I've seen her in different environments and she's really great at adapting and making it work. Like whatever is coming her way, we're gonna make it work. Um, and even now, like during a pandemic, she's making it work and she's finding all the ways and avenues she can get yearbook content and her ideas for marketing. So there's never a no with her. It's always like, okay, well, I'm trying this, I'm doing that. And she's always looking for a way. And I think that's really important to, I value that on her and I want people to know that about her. So that's why I invited her today. Awesome. So, so Gina, you're on the spot. You're, you're brilliant <laughs> and you're a go-getter. So tell us, tell us a little bit about what you're doing uh, that is working for you. What, what kind of, what makes, makes you have that kind of thought process to just get the job done? You know, I come from a journalism background um, okay. and I jumped straight from the newsroom to a classroom and I was really intent on running my classroom like a newsroom because I didn't know better. Um, and I didn't really have the teacher background that a, a lot of advisors do. So I was like, okay, you guys are my staff and we have a project and we have to get this done and it's going to get done. Um, and you're not going to embarrass this program. Like we're going to build this program up and people are going to be proud of you because I know you can do it and I know how smart you are and I know you have something to say. And, and I think that was, that's always how I come into it is this is your book and only you can make it amazing. And this summer, um, I mean, I didn't know obviously like everyone else what was gonna be happening, but the journalist in me was like, yo, you guys, this is gonna be crazy. We're gonna be real journalists. This is like, you guys are covering a historical, a moment and you guys get to be the ones to tell this story and this is the only time that you get to write history from the perspective of like what's happening to you like nobody's writing this for you you get to tell everybody what it's like to be a teenager during a pandemic and that's nuts so let's go crazy with this and we really planned from the day our book came out we were like okay how are we going to do this next year when the zombie apocalypse hits because that's what we were thinking was coming <laughs> at. but 
Yeah, that's what we were doing. We were planning all summer and we were like, we had two plans. Like if school goes back, uh, what are we going to do? And if school doesn't go back, how are we going to get content? And we really just planned all summer long. And what we decided was to really take advantage of the situation that teachers are in because I'm a stressed out teacher. And we're like, you know what? We have, the teachers have to have all this stuff for you guys to do. Let's take advantage of that. And every single day we give the teachers a survey so that we can generate content. And it's surveys that we use to collect mugshots and quotes and um, to build graphics with. And we're doing this every day. We're getting between 200 and 500 responses every day. So that's content. We, we're like drowning in content right now. And our issue wow. is how do I go through this content and make it work for the book? Like how do I now curate this content and decide what's going to work for the story that we're trying to tell with this book. And um, that's really what it is. It's us being flexible, the kids being flexible, and us saying, is this the story that we started telling? And is it okay that it's changing? Like, is it okay that this isn't working out the way that we thought it was? Yeah, it's okay. Let's keep it moving. You know what? Let's build on this. This survey didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. The quotes are totally different. Let's change this whole spread. Let's change this idea. And, and it's just very organic. It's just very much the kids um, going with the flow. And, um, you know, our biggest challenge right now is, like I said, going through that content and, and finding the diamonds in the rough and, and finding what's going to work. But getting content is pretty easy when you have like 70, 80 teachers who are stressed out and need like extra credit assignments and daily attendance assignments to give out every day. So, well, and that's what I was going to ask you. How do you go about getting the teachers to help you? We have so many advisors that say, you know what, there's the teachers don't care. It doesn't matter what I do. They're not helping us out. How did you go about making that the culture in your school? Well, I thank them often <laughs> and like <laughs> publicly every time I get a chance. I'm like, thank you guys so much for supporting us. Um, we do have like, my kids are like little thugs. They're like, um, hey, miss, we've been trying to get in touch with you for 20 days and I really need an answer today. So I do have those kids that are very aggressive. But for me, what worked was every, every Sunday, I actually do all of my surveys for the week and I put them in, um, I put the link to the surveys in a Google Doc and I just share that with every single teacher in the school. And part built into that survey is um, are two questions that helped me a lot. Who sent you? And um, specifically, like what class period are you in? And that allows me to, when I'm going through the survey in my spreadsheet, to sort it by teacher and give them a list at the end of the week of every student who did this survey so that they can give them extra credit and they can have that for accountability to say, no, look what I did. I, I had them do this in the morning and this many kids did it. And there's a lot of kids failing right now. And we have to take advantage of that too. Like the football coach doesn't want to send me pictures. That's cool. I, I have like four football players flunking. Do you want to give them pictures so that they can pass? Do you want to do that? Because that will help me out a lot <laughs> and it helps them out. And it, I mean, yeah, it's a little aggressive but I have pictures for football and I'm not allowed to go to the football games. So that helps me. And it's just the, the kids, everybody has needs and we just have to figure out how we can help each other meet those needs. Um, I like how you said that because I think people are afraid to ask, they ask once and then they give up. And the thing is like on a normal school year, it's really difficult to get the coaches to give you anything anyway. It's just, it's one of the hardest the hardest people to get information from because they're running around other things happen and now they're not playing they're doing you know i don't know what they're doing every school's different so if you it's, it's important to say that you need to continue to be aggressive in order to get the information that you need if you don't ask if you, you don't keep asking for something maybe it's not you maybe it's one of the, your students that you can assign that, that has that personality uh that would be great like if, if if Lori and i were in your class that would be us i'd be like hey what's happening i need to get this information i probably wouldn't ask the shy kid to go and try to do that unless I'm mentoring them to try to open up in, in class. So that's awesome. Great advice. Um, I guess my next question would be for you then, Kelly, what triggered you and your staff to also have that the shift of, of like, you know what, we're going to, there's a way of doing this. We're going to change what, how we're thinking and, and we're going to move through this. What, what made you do that? What made you change? 
Well, to be honest with you, my story isn't very different at all from David and, and June's. There's a lot of similarities there. Um, going back to spring, I just, you know, I just kept thinking positive. Oh, this is just going to go away and everything's going to be normal and we'll just get back in the classroom. We'll run with um, in uh, design. Everything will be great. I went through the normal routine of recruiting and, and such. But um, when you started talking to me about camp, and then camp was going to be virtual and that it was just like all of a sudden the, I don't know, I just, the, the, my spine just kind of was get it started getting anxious and tingling. Yeah. Tingling and that and going, <laughs> Oh wait. And I think by August, when we started back to, to school, it was like, Holy cow. I had that panic moment. It was like, wait a minute, this really isn't going to be the same. And it was actually, I have for myself personally, I would have to say it was actually you, Monica. And I, I think that would be a, one good thing for any new advisor is to, to break down those barriers, to have that good relationship with your CSR so that you can literally say, oh my God, I am panicking. I can't do this. And you said, yeah, you can, you got this. Know, look at your past career and then like June it was like wait a minute I do have all this past career and it just the, it has to change to real world it's no longer that teaching being in the classroom I'm the teacher mode it's that I'm the journalist or I'm the creative director I'm the art director and that it's just going to be a whole new mindset in that respect and um, so really, honestly, you know, throughout August and into that September, we were working on our cover. We pretty much had it set back in spring, early summer. We had our concept. We, we kind of tweaked it a little bit, but we still knew what the, what the concept was. And we just kept for, moving forward. But literally as a whole staff by September, uh, we all together. I had already started accepting, okay, this is going to be the new norm. We're going to learn, on, you know, online design and that. And then once I had the confidence, my staff had the confidence. I, I didn't show any hesitation at all. And uh, once you gave me that first tour of online design, Monica, there was so much of it. I was like, Oh, well, that's, that's nothing. That's, that's, you know, that's the same thing as in, you know, in design, that's, you know, just, it's just in a different position in the interface. That's all. And so with that confidence, I was able to go back to my staff and instill it in them. Now, 50% of them have had two or three years on staff and so once I was saying, oh, guys, it's just like this. It's just instead of being on the right, it's on the left now. Yeah. And so that built up the confidence in them as well. Um, Snap, we really tapped into that as well. I have to admit, just um, I think it's just given our culture of our school. Uh, Snap is working well, but... Instagram and doing Google surveys like June is doing or forms um, has been the key for us. And um, we have found those staff members that are the go-getters. They won't take no for an answer and they just keep bugging and bugging and bugging. <laughs> um, so that's how we've been able to get our information on uh, transition. Everybody is comfortable now with it, um, our senior ads and those um, items are done a little bit differently, but um, it's worked really well. I think the biggest thing for us and, and if any of the other schools are Google, um, Google schools, which our whole district is, once Google transitioned and improved Google Meet became more like Zoom, it, it really helped everything out. And that was like in mid-September. So we were able to do breakout rooms. I could throw all my designers together in a room and leave them there for the 45 minutes. 
chit-chatting and everything while I was dealing with everybody else or the editors or photographers. It really, that helped work really, really good. And I think it, for each other, they started building confidence. I, I like that you said that because all of you, as I listened to your responses, it's the way that you talk to your students, you know, like it just with hearing all three of you, I get excited about my job. I, th I think I speak for Lori too, but like, I feel excited every time I have these conversations because it's without your leadership, if you're depressed, if you have no direction, you're, you, it's, it's a mirror effect with your students. They're going to feel the same way. There's a huge difference in, in schools where advisors are, depressed and not seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel where and, and you there's nothing different other than your attitude and your perspective and how how you just okay so we can't do it this way how can we figure out a way of doing it I know that you know when, when Kelly when you talked to me originally too you were like well how do we do this you were thinking about like business as usual my ladder from last year and and for me that was my aha moment because I, I took the time there's this book atomic habits I keep talking about it but it's huge it made a difference in how I see things and, and put things into little just in little um, little goals instead of this big huge list of things that we have to do and I think once you once the kids kind of talked about that too during a breakout session they were also saying you know what I was thinking about oh my gosh we have to do all this stuff in the ladder instead of breaking up the ladder into reasonable um, tasks then that's when they started kind of thinking okay we can we can totally do this like, I think that was that was my aha moment as well it you too Kelly for switching because <laughs> 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 it's not easy but um, that you, it, it's awesome that you were able to see it and, and see value in it and switch them and, you know, and try it out for making, to make things easier for you guys. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, because we don't have all day, obviously, unfortunately, to talk, I wanted to, before I moved on to these, I have 10 questions that have been asked oh repeatedly from not just our area in Southern California, all over the country. These are the top 10 questions that advisors are asking. But before I get to that, do any of you have questions for each other that might not be in, in my list? I actually do um, for June. You kept talking about this survey that you send out. What are what two or three of the typical questions you ask in your survey? Um, okay, well today we're actually, we were trying out um, teacher favorites instead of class favorites. So we just gave them like a list of the categories that we'd come up with and asked them to tell us the teachers that they felt um, fit those. Um, and then um, one really good one that has given us so much content are, what are, what are the things that are stressing you out this year? Um, I use that for like three different stories uh, because I'll ask, you know, different questions to kind of feel around for what's stressing them out. And what do you do when you're stressed out? What do you, what do you do to relieve that stress? Um, and there's this one question, there's, there's two parts of the, the quiz. There's the first one where we're just asking, you know, little regular survey questions. And then I ask them, would you be interested in helping the yearbook by submitting a photo? And if you click yes, then it takes you to a different section. If you click no, then you said you tell us who sent you and you're done. And so once they get to that level, some of them are more likely to answer, I found, more in-depth questions. So that's when I, I really get some good quotes and I, I ask those open-ended how and why and please explain type um, questions. And I, I do, a lot of these kids really do want to tell their story. They really want you to know um, what's up with their lives and this year more than ever I have kids wanting to participate like wanting to tell you their their deepest darkest feelings because they're not talking to people um, and I'm asking them questions that they would normally go over with their friends like very casually but yeah uh, we had a we actually had a teacher who passed we did a survey to get quotes about her um, about students experience with her and we got a lot of great things like you know what I didn't know her but she smiled at me every day in the hallway and held the door open for her students and I was hoping I would get her next year in class um we got a lot of quotes like that um so when we're at what what major events have you missed out on this year or did you go ahead and celebrate 
anyway, but celebrated differently because we had kids who missed their quinceanera and we had kids who got a car for the first time and really can't go anywhere. Um, we, we had a lot of little stories like that. So just every, literally, cause I'm doing this at midnight on Sunday when I uh, <laughs> should be lesson planning. I'm like, oh, let me come up with some survey ideas. And it's um, whatever's going on. I try to keep it very current. We had homecoming was canceled the day of homecoming. Um, so tell me what, what were you thinking? What was going through your mind when you found out that homecoming was canceled? Um, what did you do? Send us pictures of you getting ready for homecoming, even though it was for nothing. Um, that kind of thing. That's, that's a great point that you, you brought because people are always trying to think of like, what, what different things, what can we talk about that's outside of the box? And you just, you said quinceañeras, there's our mitzvahs, there's the first time that you were, that you go to, to drive. I mean, I think back to when I was in high school and I was in so many different clubs just because, and, and how many clubs have been canceled this year? How many clubs have started because of the pandemic? I don't know. Like there's, th those are the type of questions. But again, it, it, it starts from the top. It starts from your advisor wanting to, to talk to your students and say, and inspire them to go out there and do this. Like, so sure, you come up with the idea, but then who, how do you execute it? Because that's, that's pretty huge, trying to get, get to when you're trying to answer those questions from people. So um, David, is there a question that you might want to ask or, or June to, to David while he's here? At the beginning, you said, um, what did you say? Something about you just figure, we'll just figure it out. Um, and I actually wish I was a new advisor because this would just be the new norm and you just come up with new ways of doing things and you just do it. Uh, an older advisor like myself, you get maybe stuck in the old ways and therefore becomes more challenging. So it is important for advisors to just try new things. Yeah. And, I and, I, said that, and, I, and I like how June is trying new things every Sunday, new questions, new ways to get content. This kind of like talking with other advisors has helped me a lot this year too. I think reaching out, we joined a professional organization like for the first time, we'd never been in any clubs or groups. We were just kind of insulated and doing our own thing. But reaching out and talking to other advisors and hearing that, you know, they have some of the same problems as us, but also we're better at handling some problems than bigger schools. And that that's a huge confidence boost for a little school like mine, for my kids to hear other kids saying like, this is really hard this is a lot and then them going yeah it is a lot but we did it anyway and i kind of get the same feeling as an advisor like hearing other people who've been doing this for like 20 years saying that they're struggling with the same things that i'm struggling with makes me feel like okay i can do this because it's not i'm not crazy i'm not you know inept this is just how life is right now yeah june also was one of the, the schools that participated in elite monica and um I also think that some of the things that we did as a company to kind of like make do with what was happening uh, gave a lot of schools um, who don't normally travel or have the funds to travel uh, an opportunity to, to attend those kinds of events. And June was one of them. And, and uh, I love all the feedback that you got and all the different advisors that you met because then that also generated her or that also gave her um, the confidence boost that she needed with her amazing team. And then she got to meet advisors who um, gave her the advice to join those national, you know, like um, the conventions for, was it IOPC or um, what did you join? Yeah, TAJE. Oh yeah, TAJE for Texas. And then there, of course there's JEA nationally. So I thought that was really cool to see these, these, these schools who have the desire to be there, but sometimes they, they're not able to and they really did get in there. And um, so I saw the confidence build with, with those kinds of things happening even though they were virtual. No, and, and that's the big thing is take advantage of the stuff that your company gives you, like Wallsworth and, and your reps. Like we want you to succeed because if you succeed, we succeed. And both of you, uh, June, you didn't come to our, our SoCal Yearbooks workshop, but we have this huge workshop over the summer and we were so sad that we couldn't be in person, but we thought, how, how can we bring that virtually in some way or another so their schools have the confidence to start in, in on the right foot? And, and I think that as much as it wasn't the same as being in person, it really did, the people that did go to camp are way more ahead than those that didn't, 
regardless sure. of it, you know, no matter what. And take advantage of the things that 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 we provide for you because like we I also stay on Sundays and every Monday or Sunday, Carlos and I we sit down together and like, okay, let's brainstorm. What can we bring for our tip Tuesday for our schools to help them out? If I was an advisor, what would I need? And and that's how we do the things that we do. Like that's that's why we generate and why we're doing this podcast is because um, we just we figure what's the best way of getting uh getting all this information out to people um not just here in california but everybody like our goal is to help as many people as possible so thanks for sharing that and david i love that you said i wish i was a new advisor because you don't know how many new advisors we have that are not they don't think about it as an opportunity they think about it as oh my god i'm a new advisor i hate my life i can't believe i'm doing this instead of seeing this this is an opportunity yeah this is an opportunity to start something awesome yeah. You know, and that is so good that you said that because maybe it makes people think of about their job in a different perspective. It is so easy for us to say, man, this job sucks, <laughs> you know, because there's days that every job sucks, but how can we make it fun? How can we make it better? Because at the end of the day, we signed up for this job and, and we need to, to see it through. I mean, at least that's my belief. So, so my first question is with the mind shift in your approach, how have you been able to keep a positive morale with the staff as complacency tends to set in? This year just happens to be the year where we have some timid editors in chief. And this is not the year to be timid when you have to lead a Zoom class. And so I, my classes had a very positive morale because I have given my all. I've been like the, what's the word, the moderator. And I come in and I try to be excited for them. We have music playing during class. We sometimes do breakout rooms. We have late night still. We do gift card competitions. We, I just try to bring the fun in. And like you said, Monica, if you lead, they follow. And man, they, I, it's their favorite class because all the other classes are gonna be a little bit more boring, right? Because there's no <laughs> interaction. So I just make it fun. And then that then the the book seems more positive. Yeah, I would have to say I've been doing a lot of the same things too. Um, right from the get go, trying to come up with fun games and sharing and that. And um, even one most recently we did, and I'm not even sure where I got the idea, but I um, put them into little small groups and made sure that those there was a. Um, very outspoken person in the group, along with a few timid ones and um, newbies versus returning um, staff members. And I let them choose um, a song. And I didn't tell them what we were gonna do with this song, but, but they did, they chose um, a song. And then the following week, what I told them they were gonna be doing is they were gonna be changing the lyrics to the song and they were gonna make the song about yearbook, but it would have the same popular tune that we had. And we got, they had some fun doing it. We do short little breakout rooms and it wasn't even as much to um, be, um, get a song out of it as far as in the, like an assignment or anything it was more to get them to talk with each other within these smaller rooms plus we've been doing we actually have done a couple of meetups at a park social distancing we've had pizza we're gonna do a christmas one um we're having a, a white elephant gift exchange and, and that so we're trying to keep that on um, little things that are engagement to get to know each other a little bit better that sounds so fun. It makes me want to be in your teacher. class. <laughs> I haven't done any of this cute stuff. You guys are great. Um, I don't do anything nice for my kids. I'm just like cracking the whip all the time. Uh, what drives us is competition. Um, and the idea of being like, we're kind of like, we, we're kind of like the losers club, right? Like we're the underdogs. We're the people that people don't treat right. People don't treat the yearbook right. You know, they don't give us what we want and they make our job hard. And that's what we, we thrive on. We're like, we're going to show these people, okay? We're going to have the best yearbook ever and they're going to wish they had treated us better. You know what? They don't <laughs> want to give us a quote, fine. Somebody else is going to, they're going to wish they were on that page. Like that's what drives us. Like the most negative feelings drives our yearbook. And our kids are all about right now showing them. We're going to show them we'll all. We'll show they you. <laughs> that's it. That's what drives us. There's no, there's no complacency. We're all like 
crazy competitive with ourselves. We're like trying to beat last year's yearbook. We're trying to be better than the, the book before. We're trying to be better than the schools around us. We we go through the yearbooks at the end of the, the year when the books come out and, you know, we laugh at our enemies and we're like, ah, look what they did. Um, and, you know, they're my friends. So I'm sorry if you guys are watching. It's just it's just to motivate my students. I love you all. But I'm also like, oh, you're not the only one. They're, they're competitive as well. So, I know. Um, we're good friends, and that's how friends are. Wow. We like talking to each other. Competition. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Um, I'll, I'll ask the second question. Uh, what is the biggest change you made in order to get content for your pages that has worked? I would just say getting content from outsiders, like using yearbook snap. Um, using the Google Forms. Before we were huge snobs and we were like, this is not journalism. Um, we're going to do an interview and a press conference and get our quotes that way. And now we're like, whatever, just get a quote. Okay, go out, ask the question, get a quote, get it from the teacher, whoever, like um, getting information, crowdsourcing, that kind of stuff is very different for us, but it's working. So we're going to keep doing it forever. Good. That's what I said. It's, 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 it's something that you never thought you would do and you saw how great it was. And now you're going to implement it every year and get even more from people. I agree with June. And I'll just add one thing. Uh, we have a schedule book. So it's the schedule with all the students and the classes they take. And uh, so if you're assigned musical theater, you could go on the schedule book, see all the students in musical theater, send them all an email in our school system. And maybe you get three or four responses, but that's almost all you need sometimes. I think I mentioned it already. Uh, Google Forms has been amazing. We have made so many polls, so many surveys, um, and that has been the way we've actually acquired a lot of pictures. Um, it, it just, like I said, for the culture of our school, Snap wasn't working that well, but Instagram to get the information out. Hey guys, we have this survey. You need to go to um, your Google Classroom. Our administration actually made Google Classrooms for like the class of 2021, class of 2022. And that has helped us out tremendously that they did that because I can just email the uh, Google form directly to my ASB advisor and he can post it on the classroom that we need, say for just seniors. So that has helped us tremendously getting content um, and then, as I mentioned, just um, giving email addresses. I have no problem giving direct email addresses to uh, students to contact those teachers, those, co those coaches, and bug and bug and bug. And I always tell them the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know, the grease. You know, I mean, what a great thing to teach students is that don't give up. You know, if, if you don't get, get it the first time, keep trying and keep trying. And this is the one benefit of the pandemic is they're learning skills that are going to change their life when they get out of here. Maybe this would be, they could be call center operators after they're done with this or work for the IRS. I mean, like hounding people. No, but really it just, it, it, it gives them um, a purpose to in class. Maybe they're not designers. Maybe they're not the artists, they're the writers, but maybe they're the people that get the job done and get you the content that you need. So just keep that in mind. All right, uh, third question, this one made me laugh. Uh, my kids are lazy. They seem unengaged. Do you have that? And if you do, what do you do to deal with apathy? Praise them for every little thing that they do. Like, honestly, I know it's a, such a baby thing to do, but the minute they give me something that I can use, I'm like, oh my gosh, you just saved my life. I really needed this quote from my spread and you came through. I appreciate you so much. Do you think you could go back and do this now? because you seem to be the, the magic one. Can you go back and talk to this person? Because it seems like you have a special connection. And I really just, anything that they do, um, every single assignment that I give in every single class is for yearbook, even though I am not teaching six yearbook classes. Um, everybody is contributing to the yearbook. And so everybody gets that praise um, when they do something and everybody's able to do something, even my super slackers. And sometimes it's just like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. Thank you so much for, for signing in today. Hey, I've been meaning to talk with you about this story idea. And I felt like you would be the person to help me come up with questions because I've kind of heard you talking about this. Um, and it's just those little things um, that even if they, they aren't like producing like right I have one person who's writing stories for me right now and I'm wow. fine with that and it's cool because I get the quotes for her I give them to her she writes me a story 
Um, I have uh, three photographers that are able to leave their house and take pictures. It's fine because they are, uh, these other kids are able to do things too. And we're all contributing. And I've, I've got like the kids getting the ingredients and then the, the kids that are cooking it up. And that's fine. I love that. <laughs> you know, we're all, we're all doing it together. No, I'll say that uh, I don't find this year that different than any other year when it comes to engagement and then st- a couple students not doing their work. <laughs> so for us, we have a many deadlines. Every couple of days, there's something that they have to accomplish. And so I communicate with my editors-in-chief on who's not meeting some of those deadlines so that the students that are apathetic we can behind the scenes make sure we're still getting that work done because in the end of the day we just have to get that work done right yeah i think i i started identifying those students that were really good at getting quotes or that um, knew somebody that could you know tap into relationships and that and so just playing on the strengths of different staff members and um like david i don't find it as different as it would be in the normal classroom myself either, because you, you go through those highs and lows anyways, you know, during the school year. So, um, you know, at one point this semester, and I think it was the only point where I really started seeing um, just one of those weeks, a lot of apathy starting to creep in and, um, you know, just kind of nip it right away. And I just kind of pose the question to them, you know, hey, let's think about this. We're a team. There really isn't a football team all that much because we're not doing contact sports. Um, there really isn't a speech and debate team. There's, there's not this, there's not that, but you are still you. And you're one of the teams, the only teams on the campus. So I have to ask you, you're, I have to ask you the question, are you working for yourself or are you working for the team to get to the end product i said and i told him i don't want an answer i want you to think about it and That's then a great boom. question yeah and you know what it was just like you know i let it kind of marinate there for like 30 45 seconds and didn't say anything because they know i like to talk and <laughs> then i said okay now get to work Boom, boom, boom. They start asking questions using the chat, asking for breakout rooms and, and that, and it just dispelled everything right away. Well, and I think that you three might not know how, or maybe you do, how important you are to some students. I, I can go back in time and think of three teachers that completely changed my life from elementary, middle school, uh, high school, college, like all throughout. And your words mean so much to a lot of the students. Sometimes they have a great relationship with their parents, but they don't have that mentorship that you offer them. And it's an opportunity for you to, to that, that these kids look up to. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to see. And I see that all the time that my, my best students, the ones that always come back that are really successful are you, they, these yearbook kids because of, because of you, because of what you teach them, you're, you're teaching them real life skills. And that's something that, you know, if anybody new advisor or vet advisor is listening, it, your job is so important. It's, it's just as important like other, other classes, but yearbook is that one class that teaches real world lessons, real stuff. And it, it's a, it, it's a different dynamic, I think. And that's super exciting to be able to, to be part of that. Uh, I see it as an opportunity. And it's one of the reasons why Lori and I think have done this for such a long time is to see the growth and not just our advisors, but the kids and, and have those relationships after your book is over. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, next question. What are you doing to collect senior ads? Are you selling underclassmen, business ads? Or what, are you doing anything different? We really identified right away that we had about 50% of our parents that they really have no clue about digital and how to get even a JPEG on a flash drive. And then we had the others that did. So we really knew we had that dynamic that we had to work with. Um, So uh, we utilized our, our website for our school, which we have a whole section for just senior, senior information. We do that every year. We have a form, we have all the pricing, the sizing and that, but we had to develop, if you have this knowledge digitally, here's what you're gonna do. You're going, if you have it only traditionally, here's what you're, what you're gonna do. 
And so what we ended up doing um, a lot for our traditional parents is um, actually um, my husband helped us out. We built a box, it's bright red, it has paw prints on it and everything. And we have it outside our front office at the school and it's locked up. They can, parents can do what they've always done because a lot of them are in the mindset well, this is how I did it with my, my son that graduated three years ago, and this is the only way I know how to do it. They can't stress over anything more than what they already have going on in their life. And we said, we're making it easy. Just swing by the school like you did before, put it in the envelope, fill out the form, drop it in the box, and we'll do the rest. And, um, and then, of course, you know we've, um, we have a Gmail account for just our yearbook. And so we've advertised that. And so parents that are very comfortable with digital, they just send that in. We're constantly doing all calls. We did reduce the price a little bit. We extended deadlines. We're doing Instagram postings. Um, you know, here's a deadline, get it in, don't forget, and, and that kind of thing. And um, I would have to say probably at this point in time, we're about at the typical amount of ads that we would normally have. And um, we're our next deadline for those um, ads coming in, which is probably gonna be the mass majority of them is um, in February, the first part of February. We're doing pretty much the same thing. And we were selling a lot of maybe 10 to 20% more. And I think it's maybe parents feeling bad for their child's senior year and wanting to buy an ad. I think that's what's going to happen to us in this next grouping uh, because we are going to send out information right before Christmas break. They get that three weeks to kind of gather things together. Maybe they were taking time off from work. So they have those relaxed moments because I think you're right, David, a lot feel, feel compassion for their students that are missing out their seniors. And David, just like to, to talk about that before, do you remember when you said, we need to cut pages, we're not going to need all those pages. I'm like, David, we don't need to know until January, chill. And you're like, yeah. okay, fine. And then so you did it. And then you called back. So you were right. <laughs> we don't need yeah. to lose those pages. We, we took two signatures out of our 400 page book. And we had to add one back. So we're at <laughs> 384 now. <laughs> So far. And like you said, once Christmas is over and then they have to think about like the reality, okay, the school year is going to start. We don't know what's happening. Maybe we come back February. Maybe we don't at all. We don't know. But if they see that they're coming back or not, there's, that's the only thing that they can give their kid that year. They can't go to prom. They can't do uh, any of the stuff that they, that they would have been able to do, but they can give their kid something beautiful to remember a crazy year, you know? And that, that's, that's something for them to remember too. So do you want to add anything to that, Jim? Um, we never sell anything until after Christmas. Like our kids are bad at buying books and ads <laughs> until after Christmas when they're like 100% sure that they might graduate. Um, so that's oh, where we always are. I just, I, I have changed uh, my approach and I am talking to parents um, a lot for like a lot, more personally, I'm like, hey, how's everything going? Um, I just wanted to check in with you about your daughter's grades and also ask you to buy a yearbook ad because she deserves it. Um, she's great. And that's just really the approach that I'm taking is like this very personal approach. I'm not relying as much. I am advertising and sending flyers out, but it's it's that firsthand, you know, I, I know senior year sucks, let's make it better um, and buy an ad. And don't forget, if you have a daughter or son that is turning 16 or a quinceanera that wasn't celebrated, don't forget to buy your ad. Like there's, I have schools that are doing that. They are actually selling, promoting to the underclassmen and say, you didn't have your quinceanera because of whatever, here, buy an ad and remember it for the rest of your life because the yearbook is something you'll never throw away. So it's just a different way of marketing. We don't have an infinite amount of time, but I'll just share one thing. Usually we sure. do fall sports then dedications and then like winter spring sports and so we realized okay in southern california all the sports are in the spring now pretty much so what are we going to cover at the beginning well we usually do dedications kind of like june uh the senior ads um at the end of the year well let's swap it so we've been doing the business the senior ads at the beginning of the year and waiting to cover sports later and we got lucky because all of our sports have been practicing anyways, no games. And we've been taking all those photos just in case there's no games. 
And I right love that now, you have plan A and B. That's right. And right now there may not be any games. So we're <laughs> so lucky right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next question is, uh, how often do you say, I'm done. This is it. I quit this job. It's just because of the stress and frustration. And what keeps you going and not giving up? Your book is the only thing that keeps me going. Um, honestly, it's it's not the rest of this. Um, it's, it's my yearbook. If it wasn't for putting out this book at the end of, you know, the year and seeing what my kids, like, have accomplished and seeing the joy in their faces, then this wouldn't be worth it at all. Like, especially now, like, who who would want to quit now? This is actually real journalism. Like, I'm not covering, you know, like the kid who thought he was going to join The Voice. I'm covering a pandemic. And that's awesome. And this is like the most motivated I've ever been, honestly. Wow. That's that's a first. I've never heard anybody say that they are so motivated because of the pandemic. It's like quite the opposite. So I hope people, whoever is listening, you're getting inspired because I am, because it makes you think of what can I do to make this situation better? And I love that. I love that. Every year, every year I might think that three times, like, I just want to quit. This is just too much. It's stress. This year, I haven't thought, it, thought of that because I know my students can't deal with that. Like, we need to get this book done. All They're all coming up with so many solutions. I actually don't have time to think I don't want to be here. We have to be here. We have to get the work done. And it's working out fairly well that that stress level is not there like a typical year. It's, it's the expectations are different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say the expectations on myself is different too. I, I haven't had those thoughts um, about really any of my classes. I've been really trying to um, stay positive and see the opportunities and just focus on perseverance and, and this, like I just said, the opportunities that are there that we wouldn't normally have. Mm -hmm. Has anybody thought like I know it's a super negative thought but you're lucky you're even getting a book like um I kind of I'm like the the football team might not be able to deliver their season but we can deliver ours so I, I think that having that on your corner like there's a lot of people that aren't going to be able to come through the choir is not going to be able to take their trip to Disney World you know this this team might not make it to the championship this year because their season's canceled I'm going to come through with my yearbook and you're going to be, you're going to have something because of me and because of the work that my kids did. So I think that kind of puts me in a different mindset than usually where nobody cares about yearbook until their faces in it, you know, usually it's kind of an afterthought. And now it's like, this is something I'm marketing as you can look forward to this. This is the one thing that's going to come through. It's not going to get canceled. It's not like everything else. And you know, when you said that, it made me think back, and I can't remember, Lori, if you, how long you've been here, but I remember when, when 2008, 2007, when the market crashed and everybody was freaking out about losing everything and there was no money, it just, you know, it was not as terrible as it is right now, but it was pretty bad. And I remember that this, the yearbook staff was in a similar situation. And what they did is that they, how can we engage other people, like other clubs, like the choir club? They're not doing anything, but what if you give them a half a page ad for free? If they create a jingle for you or do a video recording about sales, like, hey, don't forget that the, the yearbook's on sale or do something fun that, that's relevant to their what they're doing. And that way you don't have, your, your yearbook kids don't have to worry about that. If you have a, a photo, a class or uh, a, um, a video uh, video program in your class give them half a, a half a page or a fourth of a page whatever you think is is doable and use that to your advantage for marketing purposes there's kids in the school that are not in the yearbook or in any other club and you can say hey can you help me out here there's there's some really talented kids that are doing side hustles right now that you've never even known about I, I mean I, I've met so many kids that are doing so many fun things that they would have never done right? Like if it wasn't for the pandemic. So use, use that to your advantage if you can, because you're the only thing that's going to, that, that, that they have to remember their year. So there, there's two questions that we have already been answered. So I'm going to go ahead and skip those. I'm going to go straight to number eight, which is um, what is the most creative thing you and your staff has done to sell your books this year that you were surprised worked? Typically we buy extra books so that we can sell some at the end of the year. And in the last month, we've sent messages saying we will not be buying any extra books this year. January is going to be the final deadline. And whoosh, there was a rush uh, order. So, so far, it's not allowing them to buy one at the end of the year. 
that's oh, okay. me. Yeah, that's 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 um, yeah, that's cool. Well, and, and by the way, we still might buy some extra to sell at the end of the year. Say, hey, we did actually get some extra from our wonderful publisher, but I want to get those sales done ASAP. Yeah, plus, we That's don't know part. how many we have left. Like, we get, we give you the publisher, we'll give you overruns to take in case FedEx or UPS, you know, kicks the box and drops them, you know, but it's it's not guaranteed. And because for us, it's very important that our schools are, are never in the red. We want to make sure that we know where you stand. And that gives us time also to make adjustments if we need to. So the more you, you sell up front, the less we're scrambling. Because I know last year for me, Lori, and you probably experienced the same thing, we had calls from parents from all over the place asking, our school our books have sold out we didn't get the books in time or can you do you know can can you just make me one copy well it doesn't really work that way and we ended up doing a lot of reprints the first time in my entire career that we've ever had to do reprints because so many people didn't buy they didn't really realize that that was going to happen and you don't want to wait until you know september to get your your reprint when you could have gotten it when the book arrived so yeah i had uh two reprints and i had lots of single parents coming for that one book mm -hmm. so you're very right. We always package our yearbook with some other stuff for seniors and, and that. Um, so we, we went ahead the normal way. We haven't really done anything um, out of the normal to boost the sales, but um, I like your idea, David, and I think we're going to implement that one and see if we can really um, over the uh, the break really push some sales because most of our sales come in through our website that we have our our web web store. Yeah, and don't forget that if you have there's schools that have their own school store, also consider using our free service that the online sales site because there it depends on your on your your school store. There's some that it takes so many clicks before you get to the point, and then parents give up and then they forget about it. So if if you can use the your your company to market for you. It is, it makes a huge difference. So just keep that I, in mind. I agree, Monica. Some of the schools that use it here, their school stores, uh, the, the fee is higher. So like if they went through yearbookforever.com, it was, it's, uh, the service fee is a lot less versus whatever the district is charging. And I had a school switch off, like they, they tried it and then they went back to yearbookforever.com solely because of that. And do both. Some schools will start with both just to check it out, you know, what their beak, so to say. And then after that, they decide this is less work because then it allows us, the company, to do all the behind the scenes marketing for you. And you don't even think about that. So just something to consider if you need that, needed that extra boost. All right. Next question. If you could tell kids anything about being in yearbook this year to help their advisors out and avoid them quitting mid-year, what would you tell them? I think we've probably hit on a few of them. One, um, like June had said earlier, just seizing every opportunity to celebrate, celebrate the individual, celebrate the group. You you hit a milestone, you hit a goal. Um, that that's always you know focusing on the positive. Um, we kind of have to just accept what is. <laughs> You know, we, we can't control what's going on. We can only control our, ourselves, our staff and that. So let's not procrastinate, let's stay organized. Let's just take one step. Like you mentioned, Monica, just those mini goals to keep moving forward. Um, we're gonna have our first deadline in January, um, but it's a lot of pages for that first deadline. Um, so, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna get excited about that. Mm -hmm. You know what? I, I mean, um, I know this is for the advisors, the questions, but I, I will tell you that I've gotten a few calls already from schools that um, have asked me, like, help me. My kids are unmotivated. Like, can you talk to them on the Zoom? And the one thing that I just remember from last spring to now is like, we had so many unknowns last spring. Like, we went out to spring break in March and never went back. And we got those books done. They got delivered. They got distributed. They got into the hands of the students that bought them. So we got through that, like, why could we not? And, and we didn't know what it was gonna look like, you know, come August or if we were gonna come back to school, what was gonna happen. But I'm just like, guys, if you guys got through that, like you can get through this, you know what the spring looks like, you know what, what delivering a book in a pandemic looks like already, because you've done that part. Um, this part is, is a little unknown because you are at home, but you know what's coming come March. So that's kind of the mindset I take when I'm talking to a school, like, you did it already, you know, everybody got their yearbook. Like there was not one school in the city that, from Walsworth that didn't get their yearbooks. And it's because you guys worked hard. So remember that, you know, for this coming spring. So that's kind of what I lead with 
when I get those calls. Awesome. Uh, the final question is, why are yearbooks important to you and your staff? Like, have they told you, have the students communicated to you why it's important to them? You know, um, as I mentioned earlier, we actually lost a teacher to COVID-19 this year. And the Sorry first that. thing that we were able to do was give them that yearbook, give her family that yearbook spread that we did of her two years ago. We had that, so I had that spread. I keep a, a hard copy of the yearbooks um, the drafts and when we print them out, I have binders in my house full of them. And I couldn't get to the physical yearbook because it's locked up in my classroom. And I, I take this picture, I'm digging through my files and I take the picture of this spread that we did of her and it was of her fashion. She was the most stylish teacher. And the quotes that she said, and I'm gonna tell you, this was not my favorite spread. Um, but now looking back, it did show pieces of her. It showed who she was. Uh, and it was the only documentation that her family had being able to see her alive and in action in the classroom with her students, hugging her, um, looking at her. Um, we also had files and files full of the, the pictures we didn't use. Um, I had my photographers call me and say, Miss Strait, you know, I have some pictures, can I send them to you so you can send them to the media? Cause the media wanted to like do a tribute to her. And so to my kids and to my teachers and to our community, you never know, um, you know, how people see you, how much people love you um, in everyday life. You don't get to see that. You don't get to see that you're, you mean something to your students. You don't get to see that your experience um, is something other kids can connect with. But in the yearbook, you do get to see that. In those two, two pages and in, in a spread, you're able to be a part of something so much bigger and, and you become a part of history. And then you become that, that page, that spread that 20 years from now will show people what life was like, what, what teens were like, what mattered to them. And in some cases that might be your memorial. That might be the only way that people have to remember you. And so it's so important to me every year, I, I say to kids, this is a historical document and it matters. It matters what you thought when you were 17 years old. Um, it matters how you felt when you were 17 years old. And that's what we're documenting. So let's let's keep doing this for the, and let's reach out to the people that aren't getting hurt. Let's reach out to the kids that aren't, you know, the captains of the football team and the cheerleading squad. Let's reach out to those kids that nobody talks to because they they deserve to be heard too. And, and that's really why it's so important at my school and that's what people tell me. And this year, Lori knows because we had a lot, we had a lot of complaints from the super popular kids last year about our book, but you know who didn't complain? The freshmen. They said, I didn't even think I was gonna get in the book. We sold more books to freshmen and sophomores than anyone else. Cause they were so excited that somebody paid attention to them. And so that's why it's important to us is just to let people's voices be heard. And to be inclusive, I, I love that you said that because at the beginning of the school year, the very first thing that I did is look at history, look back in time and look at what happened in 1918. And people tend to forget that we, we've been here before, you know, and, and nobody remembers that. Nobody remembers that because we're just living in our moment and it's what's relevant to us right now. But going back, it gave me hope. I know that David, uh, he had, I think you went back and you found your, your book from 1918 from Claremont High School. And I just absolutely love reading what they put. And, and I share that with all our schools so that the students can be motivated and see like these people that are here, this editor in chief, is no longer with us, but you know who is their their ancestor, their 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 grandkids and great grandkids, and they get to see that part of history, and their family was was there, and maybe that's the only photo that they have left of of their family member, and it's a beautiful thing to be part of. Your uh, email came across at a perfect timing because I just actually took that question and I threw it out there to them today as oh, right. a atten attendance question, and I was. You know, the, the usual, the same things, you know, creating um, a document of, of this period in time, um, celebrating moments and, and that. But it was interesting, too, some of the, the few things that were said was, this is becoming my second family. And I'm, I, even though we're in Zoom, I'm making lasting friends that I, I didn't realize I would have. 
um, given the situation this year. You know, usually you can nurture those in the classroom, but it's a little more difficult over Zoom, but they are doing it. Um, so that second family and just having an outlet for creativity that, um, that they thought they weren't gonna be able to have. So um, those are you know, personal ones as, as well as the ones that we expect to, to hear. So that was, that was really cool. Awesome. Yeah, David? Um, I would agree that yearbook class is almost more important than the yearbook when it comes to being an advisor. Uh, but when I look at the book itself, Monica, I, I love your, your thoughts on the past. That's very important to me because I like uh, doing research and understanding the past. So that's why I like uh, yearbooks being important. But man, what really gets to me is the celebration of the end of the year. Because I really do believe once the year is done, that book goes on a shelf and it's not referenced as often as it is for a good couple weeks at the end of the year. And last year, oh my gosh, that book was so important to celebrate the crappy end of the senior year. And I think the same thing is going to happen this year. But I, you know what I can see? I just hope more people buy the book because I could see uh, a young freshman or sophomore who's had a really rough year, went to all their classes and school's done, and they, they just don't know what's going on going into summer. They don't know that many other students truly had the same experience as them. But if they have a book and they start looking through it, they'll be like, oh my gosh, look at all these students from their homes. And look at the clubs, look at all these Zoom pictures of all these clubs that we're meeting. It's just gonna be a really nice, like wait, it's like ending a marathon and getting a, a, a medal, a little jacket, a snack and a drink and like you did it. And that yearbook's the way to like have students feel like they were important and you know, part, a part of something that was meaningful. Bigger. Yeah, bigger, and, and, that's right. And bigger. And I think that goes, and, and Lori, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. <laughs> I think for us is when, when you think of the bigger picture, that's when, when this matters even more. Like for me, and when I look at, at our schools and, and we're trying to help you get things done, it's not just about us and our jobs, but it's about everybody that is a, that's connected to the yearbook. You know, you have, for some schools, this could be the only thing that helps them with, with uh, funds for something in their program. For other schools, it might be the only thing that keeps a kid out of, I mean, I've had kids stop not go to jail because of yearbook because it, it gave them something to to focus on instead of doing something dumb after school it also makes me think of of the, the people that we work for at the plant this the whole this entire plant in brookfield is is basically working for Wallsworth and for you and so when i think of of, of of our customers i think about everybody in that and it gives me purpose and it gives me it makes me excited about helping you and and your students create something that's that's memorable, but not just for us, but for everybody that's involved. And, and, and I gotta say from the bottom of my heart, I'm really thankful for having advisors like you that make that that makes our 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 job as as amazing as it is. You know, this this pandemic has taught me that I've I've always loved something about my job, but this has taken it to that next level of appreciation, but also love for the people that we work with because we're all it, we're all in it together, and so and, and I know we can could get out of this together as well. Agreed, I agree. <laughs> Great, Perfect. Control C, Control V. <laughs> yes. Thank you so so much for for taking time from your family again to to be here and to inspire other people. I know that I feel just super pumped up every time I have these conversations I get so excited and have new ideas and what are we going to do so um thank you again for for your insight and for your time and for for being who you are we really really appreciate it thank you for listening or watching our podcast if you're interested in being part of the series or have any suggestions for future topics please let us know and comment below subscribe and share